This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The State of Recruiting is brought to you by 24-7 Sports and the Horns 24-7 Network of Podcasts. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on the podcast platform of your choice. We also invite you to listen to the other great shows on the Horns 24-7 Network, including The Flagship with Taylor Estes and Chip Brown, and The Longhorn Blitz with Jeff Howe and Rod Babers. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. All right, welcome into this week's episode of The State of Recruiting, your weekly Horns 24-7 recruiting podcast. I'm Mike Roach, and I'm joined as always by Nick Harris, and we got a special surprise. We have uh, the beautiful Guy Frazier um, from the start of the show today, and that's because this is going to be our Texas high school football playoff spectacular. Uh, before we jump into that, real quickly, Nick and I are going to touch on uh, the visit weekend coming up for Texas uh, the Longhorns coming off four straight losses, much to the dismay of Bo Davis uh, and the rest of the Texas staff, and um, they will get a big they will get a big group of visitors on campus uh, this week. This is the first time they've hosted visitors since uh, Oklahoma State. Correct. Um, it's been two straight road games since then, so it feels like uh, quite a while since they've had them in. Official visits will include offensive lineman Devon Campbell and uh, Cam Dewberry quarterback uh, Devin Brown. And then I actually wrote this tonight uh, for uh, Mike at night as we're recording this on Wednesday. I don't know if we're going to have this fully confirmed by the time this podcast pops up, uh, but also uh, expecting, and Nick will probably uh, change my pronunciation here since he corrected us on it a couple weeks ago. Also expecting Allen offensive lineman, uh, Nato, say the last name, Nick. Uh, Omeo Zolo. Omea Zolu uh, is, uh, I've been told by multiple sources, will make his official visit this weekend. Um, so a really big opportunity for Texas, not to mention the fact that Kelvin Banks is uh, is still planning uh, as of this moment to make an unofficial visit. Uh, they will have some other guys like Isaiah Robinson and some 2023 guys to look out for uh, coming in. So even though it's Kansas, even though they're in the midst of a four-game losing streak, still a big, a pretty big visit weekend coming up. Yeah, absolutely. There's still a lot to sell uh, moving forward. Uh, you know, I think the the four game losing streak has further proved that freshmen can come in on this campus and have an actual chance to, you know, compete for early playing time, whether it be in spring practice or in fall practice. Uh, and especially getting these offensive linemen in, I think it's huge. Devon Campbell, Cam Dewberry, um, Nato Omeozulu, uh, potentially Kelvin Banks. Um, you know, getting these offensive linemen on campus is going to be huge. And then also getting these underclassmen in and, and trying to, you know, show them how the staff is working in year one uh, compared to, you know, later, whether it be in their senior seasons, how, how they progress to that point. I think that's going to be really important. You mentioned uh, Bravion Rogers from LaGrange. He's going to, he's going to be in there. Aaron Hampton, the new offer out of Dangerfield, um, uh, the athlete prospect out of Dangerfield, he'll be in this weekend. Um, and uh, some other unoffered guys that are pretty intriguing as well. 2023 wide receiver, Anthony White uh, out of Abernathy, um, 
Odessa Permian 2023 athlete Rodney Hall uh, is another unoffered guy that I think is pretty intriguing coming in this weekend. So kind of a sneaky fun weekend as far as um, uh, visitors coming in, not as big as it was for the Oklahoma State game. Um, but I think uh, the importance is, uh, is definitely the same. And then I, you know, from there, Texas is really wanting to amp up and do a, a couple big official visit weekends uh, in December after the season when they can get those guys for a whole weekend and um, really focus on them because those game weekends are tough for, for the coaching staff to focus in. All right. Um, so we'll have coverage throughout the weekend. Of course, we'll, we'll recap it all on the stampede. So check back with us then. Um, the reason we have Guy Frazier on uh, for uh, – the entirety of the show today is we're going to talk some Texas high school football playoffs. Gentlemen, it is finally here. Um, I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks and people like look at me. It's uh, and so I, I would love your opinion. I feel disjointed with it. And maybe my opinion is because of that, because I've been so much like one weekend in state, one weekend out of state, but this season's just not really done it for me. I, there haven't been a lot of great games. Has it been? It's kind of been a slog, especially the last couple of weeks, just to get through some of these games. Um, but we we hope for new life uh, in the high school in the playoffs. So uh, thoughts on that? Am I alone on that? No, I would agree with that. I mean, Nick and I have had some fun adventures and travels in the in between, but. I'm not going to go as far to say the season's been a dud. Um, I think that'd be unfair, but it's definitely been – it's gone by fast, so it's not been slow, but it's not necessarily been extremely over-the-top exciting either. Uh, but hopefully that kind of changes here in the playoffs, which is typically you know pretty promising. Yeah, I think 5A and 6A is really top heavy. You have like those top two or three teams in each division that, you know, are clear, uh, uh, you know, contenders for the state championship. But I think if you look, you know, 1A through 4A, there's going to be a lot of fun ha have had there. Um, you know, how much fun we had at the state champions, uh, state championships last year, 1A through 4A, I think it could be very similar at the small school level this year. Yeah, those those small school uh, state ruled last year, uh, except for me getting COVID there. That was the only, <laughs> the only downside. Um, all right, let's start with the big boy, 6A, D1, um, the toughest, for my money, the toughest playoff bracket in the country to go through is 6A, D1 in Texas. Uh, with all that said, doesn't blow my skirt up this year. Um, and, you know, I was, I was talking with our friends over at Dave Campbell's. I was talking to Greg Tepper, and he kind of made the point – you could kind of say that every year. It's it's kind of the same group every year. And so there's not a lot of intrigue there. Um, and I don't want to – we don't need to go into a full breakdown. We don't need to do full bracketology. I kind of just want to hit some of the highlights here before we go into our game picks for this week. Uh, maybe this is the time where if you've got a, a state championship pick in each class, you guys want to throw it out there. Um, just looking at it, I, I, I see D1 breaking down like this. South Lake Carroll is my team to beat in Region 1. Looking at the board, I don't think Allen can challenge them. That's like one of the schools that sticks out. Maybe Trinity. Um, Martin is, is always down to give somebody a game. But, you know, I, I think Carroll has a pretty – open run maybe midland legacy could push them a little bit i was that's gonna the say one about legacy. I was gonna say the same thing yeah. yeah that's the team i'm looking at that potentially you know that's the second round matchup where i think if they've got a trap in them it's it may be legacy outside of that i don't see a ton for south lake 
Yeah, Midland Legacy, they've been very, you know, sneaky, um, whether it be during non-district play the last few seasons or um, coming down to Dallas for, for big playoff matchups. They've done it the last two years, and they, uh, me and Guy were in, at uh, Craven's Field in 2019 when they uh, had a huge lead on Arlington Lamar, um, or, or Arlington Lamar had a big lead on Legacy. Uh, Legacy came back to tie the game, or was it the other way around? Flip it, yeah. Okay, it was so the other way around. It was Lamar <laughs> that came all the way back. It was Trevon West's uh, yeah. Lamar team. Trevon's at Oklahoma now. And it looked like Lamar was going to steal it, and then Legacy, or what was Lee at the time, took it right back last second and was able to finish it on the road, which that was a kind of a home-and-home playoff situation. The year before, in 2018, Lamar had to go all the way out to Midland to play them in the same round. So that's how that ended up happening. They just agreed to – do the reverse trip and, and make the home game for Lamar that year, which made for a wild atmosphere. So, uh, does anybody disagree that South Lake is the uh, the team to be in Region One? No, I uh, think, yeah, yeah, I think Carroll's definitely the favorite. Although, if Legacy somehow finds a way to, to top them off, they would get Martin in the third round, which was a wild game earlier this year that I attended when. Uh, 2022 running back for the legacy, McKylan Young had, I think, 53 carries that night. So that would be a really cool rematch. And I think from there it kind of opens up. But I think that's kind of the point yeah. to Mike's uh, point is it's, it's open for South Lake. Yeah, so we'll see kind of what South Lake does in week two against, uh, you would assume, legacy beats Pebble Hills. Um, right. And then from there, if I think if South Lake keeps rolling over legacy, it's, uh, it's going to be tough to stop them on the way to AT&T. Uh, Region 2, uh, man, Duncanville is not Duncanville of old, but looking at this list outside of maybe Rockwall, who could give them a run, and good Lord, I'm praying for no Rockwall teams to make it or Nick will be unbearable. Um, <laughs> Rockwall can give them a run. Spring was feisty oh, last yeah. year. Uh, Spring Westfield is always tough, but – uh, man, I, I I look at this and say, even though Duncanville is not offensively what they've been in the past couple of years, this still feels like Duncanville's region to lose. I personally see Spring Westfield coming to a region too. Um, while I think Duncanville, you know, like you said, they're going to have that uh, that winning mentality. They're going to come to play. Um, I, I think that's that's just too big of a test for them. Spring Westfield already beat North Shore this year. They've been rolling through just about everybody. I think that regional final is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but I think I, I think this this region is actually really sneaky as far as really good teams. You know, I think Saxe Duncanville could be a sneaky good second round game. Uh, the Woodlands also uh, on both sides of the ball they've been churning. The Woodlands in spring I think is probably one of the better uh, matchups this week. Um, and then you got Klein Kane who you know could turn it on as the playoffs come around behind uh, Matthew Golden. Rockwall, you know, they're just going to win state every year. That's that's just what it is. Uh, Harker Heights and DeSoto, the winner of that game, you know, I think that they could be primed for a deep run as well. So I, I think Region 2 is really deep this year. I got to show yeah. off the wearing the, the DeSoto shirt uh, today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Nick covered it pretty thoroughly there. I think while we may know how this region you know, ends up formulating out in, in the end, um, there may be some fun games getting us there. And if there's a year for Duncanville to be slightly off or down, it's this year because, you know, like their neighbors, DeSoto, are not as strong as they've been. There's some things, you know, swirling around that program right now. Uh, Rockwall's good. I do wonder um, 
you know, if their defense can hold up against a, a team that's just as physically imposing as them, if not more, uh, which would be Duncanville, that's not their issue. So, you know, I think Duncanville is probably who we get to in the end, but getting there may be fun to some extent because there is somewhat of some uh, parity and balance in this region. Yeah, I, I'm so trying to resist going chalk here. But, man, I see a South Lake duncanville regional final. I, I do like Spring-Westfield in those spots. I've always said Spring-Westfield is the one team um, that when they go up against those Duncanvilles and North Shores, they're never intimidated by them. So that's like half the battle right there. Speaking of North Shore, Region 3, again, kind of looks like North Shores to win. I think the teams that could potentially trip them up, uh, Atascacita stands out. I mean, they played them really tough during the season. This is probably Atascacita's best shot uh, to do it. Um, outside of that, Dickinson's got the talent, but I don't know if they've necessarily put it all together. Uh, where do you guys see Region 3 heading? I see Jersey Village being a contender as well um, on the North Shore side of the bracket in Region 3. I think that third-round matchup could could prove to be a big test for North Shore. Jersey Village uh, undefeated on the season. Uh, they've looked really good as the season has gone on. Um, and they're going to have a couple of early tests as well before they see North Shore. So uh, I think that's another one that could probably sneakily make a good game out of Region 3. Um, I mean, Houston-Lamar, typically they, they make deep runs, but I don't see them you know getting past some of the, the higher-level teams this year. Atascacita, um, you know, I could possibly see them getting to that round four matchup against either North Shore or Jersey Village. But as far as winning that game, I'm, I'm not as confident. Yeah, what are y'all's thoughts on Tompkins this year? Because with my work schedule and all that, that's a team that where I may have paid attention to them in the past, I haven't this year. They're 9-1, and one, but I have a feeling they don't have the same dudes they've had with the, with they the class they graduated last year. They don't have a trigger man like Jalen Milrow. They don't right. have some of the defensive players they've had in the past. So um, I forget what their one loss was, but I, I think it was Katie, and I think it was pretty bad. 56-21. Yeah. So I, I, I don't love them there. Nick, okay, you're, so you're much little, more tuned in. Yeah. Yeah, I, they've, they've had a strong defense as the season has gone on, aside from giving up 56 to Katie. Um, you know, they've had single-digit performances uh, three, four, five, six times out of their 10 games. So uh, we'll see how that holds up in the playoffs. All right, Region 4, um, this one to me, this is a two-team race. It's Lake Travis. It's Lake Travis meeting up with, uh, with San Antonio Brennan, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, outside of that, who knows? Round Rock. Round Rock is going to be the sneaky one here. Uh, I really like what um, Cameron Cook has done out of the running back position from Round Rock this year, 2023. Um, I think that's a, I think that's a possible regional final matchup with Lake Travis. They beat Lake Travis in the playoffs last year, so that's going to be a really big redemption game. So we'll see how that, that shakes out. If I'm not Sorry. mistaken, they Sorry. beat Lake Travis then lost immediately the next week, correct? They did. Yeah, okay. Sorry, guy had the most smug look on his face when I said that. So that's <laughs> well, why I lost. Said, but... What Round Rock? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Okay, all right. Feels like feels like Watch guys. Be, feels like guys going to be pulling these recordings up later in in December and playing them back for you, Nick. <laughs> right, there, right there in the AT and T press box. Yeah. If, 
If I know him, uh, here's the storyline I'm personally rooting for. Uh, South Lake Carroll. I, there's not a lot to pick from here, but I think uh, it's no shock to anybody that knows me that I'm fond of Riley Dodge. I've known some kids on that program that, that I like a lot. And I just think that the year Quinn Ewers leaves early uh, to go enroll in college, South Lake gets back and wins state is, is just too lovely of a delicious of a storyline. That's my pick in 6AD1, and that's really what I'm rooting for. Nick, you got anything anybody else? Um, I'm not really rooting for anything here, aside from Rockwell, of course. Um, I, just, I, I do want a entertaining state championship. I, I feel like it's kind of lining up to where the two teams that meet up at state, the Region 1, Region 2 side of the bracket is going to be a little bit more talented. So I'm just hoping for a good state championship matchup. We've, we've gone over this plenty of times at this point at nauseum, but, you know, as a Heath grad, Nick rooting – vigorously for rock walls like me rooting for AM and to win the national championship it's an it's insane kind of, move it's it's just i i never will understand the logic i understand you know respecting it showing it like that but him rooting like that i you know whatever but uh yeah i, I think you know i like the guys over at south lake i, I want to see guys like owen allen and, and some of those guys make a run again um but I, I, I do want to see Midland Legacy make a push. I think that would be fun. I like their coaching staff. We've gotten to know some of their players the last couple of years. So to see them make another fun and deep run again would be cool. Um, and I'm looking forward to that potential South Lake matchup for them in the second round. Outside of that, I don't know. This this whole bracket's just kind of whatever. All right. Uh, you guys got a pick? Uh, South Lake. Hmm. That's pretty chalky, but. We'll do hmm. it. Um, I will Come take on, pick round rock. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll take South Lake. Okay. Uh, let's go to six AD two region one. Um, this looks like it's Denton Geyers. Although I'll tell you that Flower Mound matchup is tricky in the first round. If Nick Evers goes Nick Evers and goes crazy, they could give Geyers problems. Outside of that, if Geyers gets past them they're going to have a pretty easy run to the regional final, I would assume. The only other team in that area that – and I would say in the bottom of that of that region, like that Marcus Prosper, to me, whoever wins that Marcus Prosper game, I think probably meets them um, in the – it meets uh, meets Geyer in the regional final, but I've got Geyer coming out of that region. I'm pretty sure that's a rematch game for Marcus and Prosper of last year's first-round game when Nussmeyer had this gruesome hand injury, which, uh, I mean, obviously we're a year apart from that. But, yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that's an actually pretty intriguing by-district matchup. Yeah, we're looking at a potential third-round game between Prosper and Hazlitt Eaton to meet up with Geyer in the regional final. It's just, oof. Geyer's going to walk through this region. We got a little. Uh, we got a little Northwest Tarrant County action going on. <laughs> yeah, watch what you're saying, Nick. <laughs> resident here, yeah. future resident. Um, all right, uh, uh, we're all pretty agreed on Geyer there, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Strong, okay. Right? Uh, region two, um, man. You know, Garland is a school that is generating a ton of of energy. Right now, undefeated. I would love, oh man, that takes me back to going to Texas Stadium back in the day and seeing those old Al teams show up and just run people out of the building with athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've got a pretty wide open run if they beat Tyler Legacy in the first round. Uh, 
you know, Bridgeland's in there. Connor Weigman, he's special. Uh, but Bridgeland, not the maximum Bears of old. Uh, this is, to me, God, I don't care. Cy Park uh, with Harold Perkins and, and that squad, going to be really tough. Rockwall Heath, of course, is probably, I, I'd say, probably the favorite, right, uh, that we're looking at to come out of this. Um, I, what are we looking at here? Well, uh, yeah, they would. So Rockwell Heath and Side Park would meet up in the third round, uh, if possible. And Nick, uh, I don't think there's any guessing on where Nick would be that week. Yeah, I would be. I'd show up to the game. I'd camp out the night before. <laughs> um, but kind of looking at this region all around the top half of the bracket. Yeah, I think it's Garland's to lose. I mean, Cedar Hill, you know, having a down year at six and four. Um, you know, they have actually a kind of a tricky first round game with Brian and I, they can't overlook, uh, they can't overlook Brian at all. Uh, Brian's a team that played Harker Heights pretty close to end the season last week. Uh, College Park is another, you know, kind of sneaky team as well as uh, Aldine Nimitz, uh, really good defense over at Nimitz. Um, but I think it's Garland's to lose. It, it kind of depends on Connor Wigman's health and, you know, how he, uh, how strong he'll be in his comeback uh, this week. Um but, you know, I think it's Garland to the regional final in the top half. On the bottom half, uh, pretty loaded. Um, I, I think it does come down to Cy Park and Heath, though, in that third-round matchup. Uh, Heath can't overlook Temple. Temple's definitely going to be looking to avenge that loss from last year. Um, and uh, Mikhail Harrison Pilots had a big year, as well as Torrey and York and a lot of their other playmakers. Um, so can't overlook that second-round matchup. But give me, uh, give me Heath and Garland in the regional final, and then, you know, Heath, Heath going ahead and taking this region. Consider me shocked. No, I think it's a pretty fair pick, though. Um, no, I, I've been saying for about a month or so now that if Garland has a path that you know forms for them, they've got a chance to make a run. Now, they've got some size issues up front, um, really on both sides of the ball, and that's something they recognize, but they're really good in the skill spots. Um, and, and really, I mean, you look at the way the brackets you know, form for them, like there is a path, obviously, like Elbo said. Uh, I think that Cedar Hill-Brian game is somewhat tricky. Uh, Cedar Hill's down, but I, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure they played Brian last year in the first round. So not only are you down, but you're playing a program that knows you well in the last 12 months. Um, and I'm not saying they're going to beat Cedar Hill, but that just makes things tricky for a team that's kind of not on their typical strength. Uh, but, I, you know, I think the Bridgeland-Garland game's interesting. I would probably – probably fall with the bears on that one. I feel just a little bit more stronger with that type of path, but uh, I think overall, I think Nick's right. I think it is Heath's to lose and that is going to be just horrible when that happens because Nick's going to be unbearable. So let's talk about a Rockwell Heath and Garland regional final though. The over under would be one fifty. And, and neither, and, neither and team playing defense. Yeah. The amount of crossover there, those schools and that, that yeah. area know each other extremely well. So uh, there, that would be a fun atmosphere. I would definitely travel with Nick to that game just to be a spectator. So yeah. okay, so I'm going to do three and four together because these are both one team divisions. Um, we can waste some time saying who might propose a threat to Katie and Westlake, but let's be <laughs> honest. Um, unless something catastrophic happens, Katie and Westlake are meeting in that semifinal. Um, and I'll go as far to say, and I know this will bother Nick, um, I'll go as far to say whoever wins that semifinal easily wins 682 overall. That's the state championship game is Katie and Westlake. 
Yeah, I mean, that's fair to say. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. I think the only team that could give Westlake any trouble at all is Austin Vandergriff, but I still see Westlake winning that game big. I think the most clear-cut regional winner in the entire Texas high school football playoffs is Westlake in Region 4 of 6AD2. And Region 3, though, I think, you know, Katie can't overlook um, anybody. I think Houston Stratford is really strong. I think C.E. King is really strong. Um, you know, who they can beat in the regional final. You've got Summer Creek and Pearland Dawson who have made, uh, you know, some noise, clear falls as well. But, yeah, I think Katie's probably the favorite here. And a Katie-Westlake state semifinal, depending on Club Nick's health, which if, it's, if he's at least at 85 or 90 percent, I'd probably still go with Westlake. Yeah, so I ended up being right on my my uh, going with my gut last week that Club Nick played, correct? I, I was out of town, so I kind of – He did, he did play. He did play, right? Okay. So, what a guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I agree with Mike. I think this is kind of a two-team side of the bracket. Um, I, I guess some things to highlight just from a Texas high school football standpoint. Was it not Fort Bend Clements, Nick, that we were talking about as far as Derek Carr spent some high school time there at one point? Correct. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they also just dropped or uh, ended a, a long playoff drought that went back to 2006 or 2007. So, yeah, they're probably going to get steamrolled by Katie, but uh, good for those guys for making it back to the dance. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, this is where things get kind of chalky in these two regions, and I don't really see any other paths being formed. Yeah, congrats, Clements. Here's your participation trophy, Katie. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. All right, let's move on to 5A D1. Um, and, I, I, you know, last week I might have told you. State championship pick? Oh, yeah, uh, sorry. Um, I've got Westlake. Got it. Okay, I thought we were going in order. Uh, Westlake. Westlake. I'm taking my Heath boys, guys. It's a terrible pick, but I'm taking it. I can't look myself in the mirror correctly if I don't. Nick, you this never, is the year to do it. You, got, you can never bet with your heart. That just doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work. Recipe for disaster. Yeah, Nick, <laughs> you know Nick was triggered on that one. Well, we can get the state picks in. I gotta say, he. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to five AD one. Um, region one. You know, last before last week, I might have told you this is Tuscosa's region to lose. And uh, I, after seeing Tuscosa in action last week, getting stunned by Lubbock Coronado, it's a little more wide open than it used to be. Um, I think that Coronado is a plucky team. They're going to. To make, they, they've got a chance to make a little bit of a run, depending on what happens between them and their second-round matchup. Uh, outside of Tuscosa, Colleyville Heritage is probably the one that's laying in the weeds the most that nobody ever thinks of, and they're just a really, really strong team top to bottom. But this is probably the most wide-open region we've discussed at, at this point. What are you guys' thoughts on it? Yeah, I agree. Mansfield Summit, you know, they had a deep run last year. They won this region last year, if I remember correctly. Uh, made it to the state semifinals. Um, Tuscosa, you know, just kind of depending on uh, how consistent they can be with that wing T type offense. Um, you know, that's that's kind of a question mark. I think. Let me let me jump in. So yeah. the 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 impetus for them losing last week was losing their starting quarterback midway through the game, and then they could not execute a handoff to save their life um, in, in that wing T, you know, quick option offense. They are moving from my from everything I know, moving Major Everhart to quarterback. So oh, it's either going to be really awesome or, <laughs> or not. He, he finished that game at quarterback, correct? 
No, he did not. No, they played the backup. Didn't. And I think immediately after, we're like, we need Major be, to be taking quarterback snaps. Okay, I think I misunderstood you on a phone call. Okay, wow. No. Well, yeah. That could be fun, maybe. I don't know. Real quick, I'm just going to take Hollyville Heritage out of this out of this region. Uh, they've been really strong. They played U.S. Trinity really close early in the season. Um, so, yeah. I think Heritage is the one lying in the way. I, yeah, I think I would probably take Heritage out of this region as well. Yeah, after last week and how that kind of wrapped up, um, I think I'm going to pick Heritage. I, I'm not going to fully quit on Tascosa. Um, but with that said, things definitely got harder last week. Uh, another thing to highlight, I think that Summit Azel game is actually, and I know Mike's going to throw a thumbs down here, I think that's a sneaky, really fun game, actually. Um, Summit, I, I disagree with Mike on this, is actually, I think, kind of fun. They've got some good uh, G5-level type talent and some, some under-the-radar type guys, and they always round in a good form around this time of the year. And then we got the Fighting Burnock Ayas, which is a 22 safety over at Azel that I like a lot, G5 kid. I think he has, like, an offer from Utah State. So that's a game I would have a lot of fun at. I know probably I'm the only person in that boat. But, yeah, I mean, this is a pretty wide-open region. But I think um, Coach Martin and then Heritage is probably the, the favorite now. All right, let's get to region two. This is the fun now, region. Now we're going to have some fun. This is 6AD1 region one or two, depending on how the regions fall, usually is the biggest bloodbath in the state. This year, it's five. It's Region Two, and both five A classes are absolute bloodbaths. Um, and when you look at this, you see Denton Ryan, and you're like, okay, well, who's going to beat Ryan? Well, guy, what do Scots do? Mike, they find a way. Scots find a way. Um, you throw in teams like College Station, who has a ton of momentum behind them. Frisco Lone Star, who's talented. This is a banger of a region. Um, I've got Highland Park coming out of this region, uh, much to Guy's delight, because Scots do find a way. Um, I think uh, a potential Highland Park-Ryan regional final rematch is in our cards, and uh, we'll see how it turns out, but I, I, I think I like the Scotties here. Wowie. Okay. Um, the top half – I uh, the top half of this this region, Ryan is certainly the favorite. However, the area round matchup with Magnolia West, it's going to be a close game. I'm not saying Magnolia West is going to win this game, but I think they could catch Ryan sleeping, possibly push them late. I think the winner of that game gets into the regional final with College Station. Yeah, so to kind of go on Mike's uh, historical view here, really the last four years you could make an argument for at least D1 for 5A, that Region 2 is um, pound for pound the best region in the state come playoff time. Some of the 6A brackets may be tougher just because of the, the programs and all that, but the way it's lined up, like five of your top ten teams have always landed in Region 2. So it's a bloodbath every year. Um, and. You know, while Ryan is still really lethal, I take I think they've taken a little bit of a step back on offense this year. And I think even their top end talent on, on defense is, is really good. I don't know if top to bottom it's as strong as it's been, though. Um, and then with Highland Park, they're kind of just rounding in the form. And that's kind of what they typically do. I mean, they, they usually roll to get to this point, but they've gotten a lot better in the past month. Um, so... I think uh, we'll learn a lot about College Station that second week against Frisco Lone Star. 
um, and see how legitimate um, some of their uh, data points were coming out of District 8. But, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of with Mike here. Uh, about a month or a month and a half ago, I would have picked Ryan against my chagrin. But as things have kind of formed down the line here, and then you look at that 7-3 score between Lone Star and Ryan last week, that gave me a lot of confidence that, uh, you know, at the same time, Highland Park's kind of rounding the form on offense, which had been their struggle. Um, if we were to have a regional final again between Highland Park and, and Ryan, uh, I'm taking my Scots now, and I don't think I would have told you that six weeks ago. So, yeah. All right. Do you see Highland Park getting past College Station? What'd you say? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, that would be a rematch of a couple of years ago, uh, 2018, when they played played each other in the area round. Which I think I actually recapped that game last week on the podcast. Um, that was a great game. I think it'd be another great game this year. Um, but yeah, I I think Highland Park's had a tougher road to get here, so I like that nine and one record against that ten and zero record of the Cougars. So, I'll okay, that. Uh, Region Three, um, kind of wide open. I mean, I know Manville coming into the year was a team a lot of people were pointing to in this region, uh, but I don't know that they've had the year they want. Katie Pato looks really good. Uh, Pflugerville Weiss has looked really nasty in a couple weeks. So I, I, I honestly don't know that I could give you a, a clear pick in this one. Um, man, I, I'm that Weiss, that second round Weiss Manville matchup may end up being one that, that ultimately you look at and say, is, is that a team that can make a run to the regional final? Whoever comes out of that one? Uh, I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on it? Yeah, I really like Pato. Pato's been really strong this year. They have a ton of really good underclassmen. Uh, Maynard, they always have a ton of speed demons. So that second round matchup between Pato and Maynard, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, Cedar Park definitely down from the team that they were last year, making their runs to the state championship. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned Pflugerville Weiss. I think I, mm, I want to take them in this region. I really do. And I might just go ahead and say it. I might just I'm, I'm just going to take Weiss in this region. Uh, really explosive Beautiful offense. Beautiful hearing Nick pronounce that name correctly. Yeah, yeah, it all right. Is. All right. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, I, I think this is a team that can score a lot of points and they can score on anybody. Um, we'll see how that shakes out as they play some stiffer comp competition. Uh, but I think it comes down to Weiss and Pato. Yeah, so most years, and, and I'm kind of getting in my bag here because 5AD1 because of Highland Park is where I really hone in. Region 3 is actually usually a lot of fun, and you never really know who might come out of it. Some years it's been like, you know, um, I guess it was Shadow Creek a couple of years ago until they went to 6A. Um, and now that Manville's gone back up a division up to D1, they entered the fold. And then they weren't as strong this year as we thought uh, until they tripped up Pato two weeks ago. So, um I don't really know who to think. I, I thought Katie Pato was uh, kind of your top dog. Now I have a little bit of hold on that. Um, I don't really know if I could give you a strong favorite of mine. I, I don't think it's Pflugerville-wise. I think that's a cool story. Um, and, again, a program that continues to get better every year, and it's a young program still. I think I'm going to go with Katie Pato still as my favorite out of the region. Uh, I while I, I'm a little bit holding off on that, I think that's probably who, I, who I'd roll with in the end. Um, and, and, you know, even though, like, Cedar Park makes it to the playoffs, right? They're 5-5, five and five, and there was a chance last week in, in one scenario where they 
we're not even going to make the tournament. So um, they're limping in, not your typical uh, Wolves team. So I guess give me the 9-1 and Katie Pato Panthers. All right, Region 4, Region four. I don't know a ton about. I've done a little bit of research on these teams. From what I could tell, um, this seems like a McAllen Memorial maybe is, is the team you're looking at to come out of this group. Uh, maybe Vets. Uh, other than that, I don't. again, I don't have a strong favorite in this region. I really like Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. I think it's theirs to lose. Um, I think – so they're playing Brownsville Veterans Memorial in the first round, and I believe this is the 85th year in a row they've played in the playoffs uh, against each other, which I think is just hilarious, the Veterans Memorial clash. Um, but, yeah, I, I, regardless, just looking at this entire half of the bracket, Region 3, Region 4, whoever comes out of this side, which I think it will end up being a Weiss and Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial State Semi going up against possibly College Station um, or Colleyville Heritage and, and the state championship. Yikes. So Mike's about to roll his eyes here. This is a little bit of a blind spot for y'all. Um, I think here's a no, torpedo. No, it's a major blind spot. Yeah. Here's here's a torpedo. I think the Hornets of Corpus Corpus Christi Flower Bluff is actually the favorite here. Uh, most years I would say, yeah, Vets Memorial. But just two or three weeks back, Flower Bluff beat Vets Memorial 39-7. to so, and that's a team that uh, our friends over at DCTF have been kind of saying until we got to that game, then we'd fully believe in Flower Bluff and in a proven game, they absolutely rolled who had been the favorite in years past. So uh, I think Vets Memorial is definitely a team in your kind of three to four teams of contention here. I, I do actually think it's Flower Bluff, though, that might be the favorite to come out of this region and change things up a bit. All right, so, um, I'm taking HP for state in this one. Wow. Uh, um, yeah, Highland Park for me. I wouldn't have said that a month ago, it, you know, but I really feel good about that now. That's no bias. College Station. All it's right. Let's move on to 5AD2, uh, Region 1. Again, this one looks pretty – I think Lovett Cooper is the, the prohibitive favorite to come out of Region 1 once again. Uh, you look, maybe Grapevine does something with them, but there's not a lot where you look at it and think, okay, I love this team in a matchup against Lovett Cooper, so I'll, I'll just keep it short there. Guy, you got this one. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think it's between Cooper and Wichita Falls Rider and teams that know each other well, it would be those two, two schools. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Uh, district mates that have played each other a couple thousand times in the last three years. I think we'll eventually get to them again in what would I think be a regional final in which, while Ryder's actually, I think, gotten the better of them in the playoffs a couple of years, um, I think I'm going to roll with Cooper, Kobe McKenzie, and those guys this year. If there were ever a year for an El Paso team to make a run to the state semifinals or to a regional final, I think it would be in this region right here. Your I'm just saying if there was ever a year to do it, I'm looking at El Paso Andres on this top half uh, of the bracket, and I'm also looking at Cano Tio on this top half of the bracket to possibly make it to a regional final uh, and then matching up with possibly Grapevine. Um, you know, I think the, the the winner of that game obviously would go to the state semi. But I like Andres to, to go ahead and make it to that regional final out of that top half of the bracket. I, th I think they're a really interesting team. 
Watch the Silver Foxes of Jefferson. I think that's their mascot. Just torpedo Nick's Canateo pick there in the first round before we even get to Sunday. All right. Let's get let's get to the fun. Region two. Once again. Five A D two region two. Most fun region in the state. Bangers. I mean, we're talking Alito, who usually runs this region. No questions asked. There will be questions asked this year. They are going to have to earn it a little bit. Um, and they're going to have to, the, you know, I, I like this a lot more before last week when Lovejoy, uh, you know, kind of crapped the bed against uh, against Frisco Liberty. Lovejoy was the best team I had seen this year, not named Modern Day. Um, and so, it knocked a little bit of the sheen off of them, but still, Lovejoy is going to be a tough out. South Oak Cliff is going to be a tough out. Uh, uh, Frisco High uh, is going to be a tough out. This is, this is to me the biggest bloodbath of the state of all the bloodbath. And and not to mention, and I saw them last week. Mansfield Timberview is rounding into form at the right time. They are a like they beat the dog out of Burleson last week, and you know had they lost that game they would have drawn South Oak Cliff as a one, four. And I was talking with somebody on the South Oak Cliff staff. That's probably the toughest four to draw in the state is a team like Mansfield Timberview. That's athletic, well-coached and used to playing this deep in the year. Um, it's tough to pick against Alito just because they seem to do it every year. It's a lot tougher, especially when Lovejoy, which looked like my pick to do it, uh, bled a little bit last week. Oh, I I love the the potential Alito sock matchup. Um, I love the potential uh, even Alito Frisco. Um, I, I I'd be going back and forth on this all along. I was with Lovejoy, but they let me down last week. I know how much they want this matchup with Alito. Maybe it refocuses them, but I think I got to roll with Alito. Yeah, I mean, this region is completely loaded. Um, I, you mentioned Man Mansfield-Timberview. They'll get that uh, round two rematch with Ennis that they had last year. Ennis is another team that just has a lot of athletes. Uh, but this bottom half of the bracket, I think Lovejoy comes out of it. I think they um, it's theirs to lose on the bottom half. On the top half, though, I, I mean, you look at these potential area round matchups. Alito and Frisco Liberty. Uh, Frisco Liberty is a three seed at nine and one. Um, and then you also have South Oak Cliff and Frisco potentially. And that Frisco Roy City game is not a sleeper either. Um, but I mean, that top half is absolutely loaded easily. Whoever comes out of this top half, um, I think is battle tested enough to beat Lovejoy in the regional final. Uh, you don't get Rich picking against Alito. Uh, you made that saying pretty popular last year, Mike. Um, and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and just pick Alito. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot y'all said. I'm not going to pick Alito this year. I feel like having some fun. Um, so I'm actually <laughs> going to go pick against the streak, even though I religiously say don't ever do that. Um, I, I'm going to go with Lovejoy. Um, I do think there's some, some sneaky fun games here. Frisco Royce City is a really fun game Friday that we'll talk about here in a couple minutes. Um, uh, you know, I think Timberview could make a run. Don't look at that six and four record and be deceived by that, which y'all went over as well. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's some potential landmines here. I'll even throw Coach Fleener and Forney some love. Uh, seven and three, making it back to the playoffs after some really dark years. 
he took over the program and has pushed them back uh, into the playoffs and making a big dance. So th- there's some fun here and there's some good stories. Uh, I- I'm really excited about that Sacolito game. Um, I do think Sock trips them up this year and actually gets it done. And then I would usually say, okay, well, now they've got a chance to really make some stuff happen. But I think Lovejoy in the end is your favorite in Region 2. All right, Region 3. This one's a fun one as well, man. Uh, you know, Texas High, I think, is an interesting team in that bracket. Uh, Fort Bend Marshall's kind of been the king of that of that region for a long time. Uh, Crosby made a state run last year. It looks like they're rounding into form at the right time. I think uh, Texas High seems to always get tripped up early the last couple of years um, when they shouldn't. Maybe, you know, a, a second-round matchup between the winner of Texas City and Sterling. Um, I think if they can clear those early hurdles, Texas High rolls to the regional final. Who they are against, it's I think it comes down to probably Marshall, uh, Fort Bend Marshall and Crosby. Um, I'm going to pick – I'm going to go out on a limb – I'm going to lean on our friends out east, uh, the great Jerry Stanford, a good friend of mine, and and that coaching staff out there. I'm going to pick Texas High to come out of this region. I like the pick. I really do like the pick. I think that second-round matchup uh, with Texas City will tell us a lot about Texas High. Um, and I do like Texas High to come out of this top half as well in a regional final. However, I think Fort Ben Marshall will trip them up in that regional final. They've been um, you know battle-tested in the past. While they haven't, you know, had the strongest uh, schedule this year so far, um, I think they'll they'll get those tests out of the way early on, uh, whether it be against uh, AM Consolidated and Crosby or or whoever else in this bottom half of the bracket. But I'm going to take Marshall to come out of Region Three. Yeah, so that that Fort Bend Marshall team sitting at ten and zero. I've heard too many things that go against that to say that they're as good as they've been. Um, I don't know. And then, you know, because they have to go play the Houston ISD schools, I, I just, I don't know. They they go weeks without really playing anybody. And so I don't know how strong I feel about that this year. I think I'm – last year's second-round loss for Texas High kind of scares me a little bit when they fell to Crosby. But I think they may get the job done this year and, and kind of get some revenge with that. I'll hesitantly roll with Mike here and, and I'll roll with the Tigers too to get out of this region, although I think it's kind of a crapshoot. All right, and then Region 4, uh, again, I don't have a ton to say about this one. Um, noted Region 4 hater, Mike Roach. Um, <laughs> uh, Liberty Hill, you know, they, they present always present some challenges for teams, uh, mission vets. Brenham's interesting to me, Brenham, just because they have they always have athletes um, that they can, they can muddy up a game. Uh, I don't have a clear team coming out of this group, though. I see Alamo Heights as the, the, the clear favorite here. Um, now, they haven't really been battle-tested, but I don't see anyone really testing them on, on the bottom half of this bracket. On the top half, I mean, you got Leander Rouse, um, you got Sherry Land and Liberty Hill. Um, yeah, I think it's going to come down to Liberty Hill and uh, Alamo Heights. And then, you know, that's going to be a weird, wacky game, just as Liberty Hill does in the, in the late rounds of the playoffs every year. Um, go ahead and give me uh, Alamo Heights to come out of Region 4. Yeah, so I agree with Nick here. Um, I've got some insiders uh, down in the Alamo Heights area. Um, top 10 team in the state. 
elite mascot, the mules. I knew that'd get a laugh out of y'all. Um, weird flex. It's just a weird y'all, flex. Y'all actually all. know the man, Chip Flanagan, uh, my uncle Chip, who uh, sits next to us down in Austin at Texas games. Uh, he's an Alamo Heights resident. Always gives me a little bit of scoop. Uh, you know, Alamo Heights has kind of had a little bit of a roller coaster as a program the last 20 years or so. Some really high years, uh, even playing a state championship or two, and then some really just low years. But uh, they've found their way back to a 10-0 and year here. Um, and, and it's hard to pick against a school that's gold and blue, has a great logo, and that they're the mules. Uh, so I'll just have some fun here and go with Alamo Heights. All right. Uh, we're going to do 4 a quickly. Um, we won't state do champion. region by region. Uh, oh, state champion. Uh, if I'm picking Alito to come out of that region, I'm picking Alito to win state. This uh, is the year Fort Ben Marshall does it. Uh, love joy. Har- Harris County. Um, <laughs> through and through. <laughs> all right. So quickly on 4 a D1 and D2. Uh, in D1, I'm not going to do a, a region by region. I'll just talk like quickly. I think that if you look at region two, the teams that are strongest in that group are Melissa. Um, La Vega is always nasty. I don't ever count them out just because of their experience and their athletes. And then, you know, Argyle is kind of, it's weird to say Argyle is sneaky, but Argyle is a little bit sneaky this year. Um, I think that those are the schools to really watch for coming out of that region. Um Region three, uh, I, I do like El Campo. I think that the, the tear Ruben Owens is on right now is is going to be tough to stop if he stays healthy through the playoffs. Um, don't see anybody out of I, – I honestly, I, I, I've got El Campo winning 4AD1 behind a just a phenomenal effort by Ruben Owens. Um, I like the pick. Um, I, I think that state semifinal between El Campo and um, Austin LBJ will be so much fun. Um, I, I, that's such a toss-up you'd have to ask me as, as time gets closer. Um, and then on the other side of the bracket, I think Melissa comes out of Region 2. Uh, I think Stephenville could give them a run, but I, I think I think Melissa's the team to beat there. Um, and if it comes down to a state championship between Melissa and I would have to say Austin LBJ at this point, I'd probably take LBJ and Austin ISD finally gets them one. Okay, so Region 1, I'll pick the boys from the northwest side of Wichita Falls and, and the Hershey Huskies. That'll be my pick there. Um, region 2, I think I'm going to pick Melissa um, to get it done against Argyle again um, in the regional final there, which would then, I think, have Melissa in the state championship for me. That's crazy to think about. Um as far as big picture, though, I do think the state champion does come out of three or four, whether it's El Campo or LBJ. I'm kind of with Nick. I really don't know yet. I'd like to get out and see both those teams at some point along the way. Um, and then one little landmine out there. They've had a, a little bit of a rough second half of the year. But if they can find form again, watch out for the Chapel Hill Bulldogs. At one point, a top five team in the state. Um, plenty of talent there. I'd really like to hear kind of what went wrong in October, uh, but the talent is there, no doubt, whether it's veterans or even they've got a couple freshmen. So it's well dispersed across all classes for them. Watch out for them. May end up being nothing, but I, I think my my champ in the end, though, I, I got to pick one. I'll go with LBJ. 
it's another great chance for Nick to claim a championship with uh, with Tyler Chapel Hill. Um, all right. Four D two. I it may just be the the Lubbock Renaissance in me that we'll talk about in just a second. <laughs> I like I, I I've thrown my support behind Estacado in Region One. Um, I, I I think that they've got a pretty nasty team. Uh, you know, there, there are certainly some teams that could go up against them and, and trip them up. Uh, that, uh, that Sweetwater matchup in, uh, I believe that'd be the third round, the regional semi is, uh, it looks like a good one. Um, region two, man, I'd love to pick Pleasant Grove coming out of this as I have so many times, but, uh, it is not to be this year. I just don't think they're, they're just down a little bit. Injuries have killed them. Um, I don't know that there, there's a, you know, far and away, this team like just blows me away out of this region. Maybe probably Gilmer, I guess. Um, but I'm not sure I could even lean on them that much. I think the state champions coming out of region three. Um, and so I will say I am resigned to be wrong after the fact. Um, I am never going to pick Carthage to lose until Carthage loses. And they're going to lose eventually, and I'll just be wrong at that point. And this may be the year. Um, in fact, I think that a potential China Spring matchup is is tough for them, uh, but I can't pick against the the machine that is Carthage and Scott Surratt. So I've got Carthage winning uh, my four A D two. I'm going to make this quick and simple. It's going to be another Beast Texas State Championship here in four A D two, but it's not going to be Carthage and Gilmer. It's going to be Carthage and Van. But I'm taking Carthage. My my buddy Drew Burrows would kiss you on the lips right now. He's a uh, actually an Aggie, but that man bleeds red and white and is a Van Vandal through and through. So uh, I did not see that coming, Nick. But okay, um, they do have a couple of dudes though. I'm not gonna lie, they have a couple, you know, uh, G5 FCS type kids. So good good on you. Um, for me, Region One I think comes down to Estacado. Uh, it's the East Side in me um, against Salina. And I think Salina's probably going to end up winning Region 1. Uh, I think they're like number three or number four team in the state right now. Uh, region 2, just moving quickly along. Um, yeah, Van Gilmer. I think I'm probably going to end up with Gilmer there, though, out of Region 2. Uh, three, yeah, I'm not picking against Carthage until that day comes. Uh, there's some other pretty good programs sprinkled through there. Some doing pretty good this year, some not as strong as they've been. I just think it's Carthage's to lose at this point. Uh, and then Region 4, uh, this is a blind spot for me this year as far as that region goes. Uh, I, I may Wimberley. sound like here, but I think I'm going to go with Wimberley just because of the program they've been the last couple of years. Although it is cool to see the, the gobblers of Cuero uh, bounce back of after kind of what's been a little bit of a rebuild the last couple of years with that staff going over the new Caney. So. All right, let's. Uh, we're gonna jump into picks. Uh, if you are listening on the podcast, it'll be right after these messages from our sponsors. Introducing the Two Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Guy. Um, let us know. Uh, well, so quickly, this the, the bracket breakdown took a little longer than I intended. Uh, but let's quickly, uh, the regular season ended. The standings were Guy won. I won on total. Guy won on winning percentage. And Nick was in last on both. <laughs> wow, that hurts. After so, I think like the second week, he was talking big game too. So yeah, it's not not uncommon for Nick um, <laughs> to talk early. Uh, in fact, uh, we were laughing today in the in the DCTF offices about how uh, the H would be sent at some point during the playoffs and ruin <laughs> Heath's chances. Um, it's gonna happen. <laughs> All right. It's gonna happen. Let's do this real quick, um, because uh, we are gonna wipe the slate clean. Playoffs will be everybody starting from zero. Um, let's do this real quick. Let's recap last week. Well, you guys didn't do. You guys had personal obligations. Um, let's recap last week. We'll, we'll quickly talk about this week, and then we'll get into picks, and then close the show. Um, so, Nick, you go. We did you go to a game on Thursday? Yes, I did. On Thursday night, I was out at um, uh, Waxahachie to see DeSoto and Waxahachie. I uh, got to see 2024 offer um, Caleb Mitchell for DeSoto. Uh, other than that, um, you know, John Cook was not active. Um, a lot of their playmakers for DeSoto were not active. So I didn't get to really see a whole lot from a recruiting perspective. But, um, you know, Caleb Mitchell, you know, looked pretty good from what I could tell. Um, I think DeSoto has got an interesting matchup with Harker Heights next week. And then on Saturday, I uh, went out to a state championship, you guys, uh, between Houston Kincaid and the Episcopal School of Dallas. Um, they're in a weird private school conference that uh, basically plays in a district together of like eight teams. Jalen Waddles, Bel Air Episcopal team is in that same district or whatever. Uh, conference, SPC, whatever baby. SPC. Yes, sir. And um, uh, that was a state championship between Houston Kincaid and Episcopal School of Dallas. Kincaid has a wide receiver commit uh, to Georgia. Uh, Dylan Bell, his little brother, 2023 corner Micah Bell, is uh, someone that Texas has been initiating contact with here recently. Um, so that might be a name to keep an eye on moving forward. At ESD, they mainly just have the edge prospect, uh, Chase Kennedy, in the 2022 class, um, who was trending towards TCU before uh, the Gary Patterson um, news broke. Uh, Utah is another school that's that's heavily involved there. We'll see how that one shakes out. And what do you have coming up this week, Nick? Uh, tomorrow, as we're recording here on Wednesday, uh, I'm going to head down to El Campo to see Houston Yates and El Campo uh, with uh, the great Colin Kennedy, a.k.a. my roommate. Um, we're going to make the trip down to uh, Wharton County, see a great playoff game in uh, Riceburg Stadium. Really excited about that. Um, El Campo, of course, to see Ruben Owens. On the Houston Yates side, however, um, Bobo Masters, the wide receiver, commit to UNLV, um, as well as the 2023 Edge Camp Beiser, um, who is uh, starting to you know uh, generate some intrigue. I'm really excited to see him in person as well. So uh, excited about that one. Friday, I'm going to stay right here in Louisville. Going to go see McKinney Boyd in Louisville, um, the uh, the Fighting Farmers in Armani Winfield, um, looking to make a deep playoff run, which I think it's certainly possible. And McKinney Boyd is kind of a sneaky team. I think this could end up being a really good game. Um, Boyd is at eight two, I believe. 
Uh, they got some really good playmakers on the defensive side of the ball, so I'm curious to see how that matchup plays out. Our guy, uh, you were on wedding duty all last week, weren't you? Yeah, so I didn't go to a game. Uh, I enjoyed myself quite a bit Friday night at a wedding. Um, had some yes. fun. We all got yeah. the text. As you all know, it, it got a little wild. Uh, then woke up early Saturday morning, flew back to get home in time for the Texas-Iowa State game. Um, and we all know how that went. But um, new week. So this week, uh, I'll let you cover it, Mike, as we just slide to you here, because you and I will be joining each other both days, Thursday and Friday. Yes. Uh, so Thursday last week, I went out to Lubbock. Um, and I had a, a Lubbock renaissance, boys. I, I really enjoyed myself out west. And Nick, you know, I'm kind of always been an anti-West Texas guy. I just, I've always joked I don't go west of Fort Worth. And uh I have, uh, I, you know, Lubbock has at least, uh, in, you know, captured me. Um, great airport. I always measure, if you guys have ever flown through Kansas City, it's the worst airport in a somewhat major city in the world, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I always measure, like, uh, does Lubbock have a better airport than Kansas City? And, yes, they do. Um, <laughs> you can get anywhere in that city in 10 minutes, and that's pretty neat. Um, and the people were incredible. I mean, the, the hospitality Matt Stepp and I got there was incredible. Uh, starting with the coaches luncheon that we went to, I uh, went out to Estacado to see some of their kids. So I'm now an East side guy as well. Uh, but I'm also a Coronado fan. Uh, my good friend DJ Mann got a massive win over Amarillo Tuscosa uh, to win a share of the district title and the one seed. Um, and got to see Avion Carter in action. Um, I would like, you know, Nick brought this up kind of earlier in the year when we talked about him. I, I think that I would like to see him play a little more physically for his size. But when you look at his first step and the way he uses his hands, he's pretty advanced uh, for a defensive lineman. Um, a pretty incredible story for Coronado, just starting out the season 0-3 and a lot of questions around hiring DJ Mann and then to finish the season on this run to beat Discosa, who was the number four team in the state, um, and win a share. It was, a, you know, really for as bad as the season's been, it kind of made it all worth it to be there and uh, and see a good friend get that massive win. And um, uh, I was I was really excited about it. Uh, and then Friday, went out to go see Burleson and Mansfield Timberview. Uh, Mansfield Timberview, of course, Andre Kojo, uh, the, the massive offensive lineman, had a really good game, um, paved the way for some huge, huge Timberview runs. They took it to Burleson. Um, went out there to see Dylan Riola, the 2024 quarterback. He was under pressure the entire night, didn't have receivers open. Uh, they couldn't protect him. And uh, he had uh, one of his worst performances of his career is what he told me. Uh, he'll bounce back for sure. He's too talented not to, but uh, really impressive win by Timberview. And as I said, they're, uh, they're rounding into form at the right time. This week, Guy and I are going to uh, two-pack of games together. Uh, Thursday night, Kincaid Stadium. Uh, I'll get my first look at the Sock Golden Bears as they play Everman. Uh, South Oak Cliff, of course, home to a ton of recruits, most notably Malik Muhammad. Uh, and uh, Javon Thomas, and also um, uh, Jamari Cauley, who goes by Wild Man, the greatest nickname in the world. Um, and uh, I would expect Texas to, to get in that race pretty soon um, for, for Wild Man. Uh, and then Friday night, Guy and I are going to Houston. Uh, We're going to go see new Texas offer Matthew Golden and Klein Kane go up against uh, Cy Woods. Uh, 
Klein Kane's got a couple of underclassmen I really like as well. Cy Woods has got a couple of guys Nick has pointed out to me. So I think that's actually going to be a pretty entertaining first-round matchup. Um, and bonus, if you have Texan Live, I will be doing color on the call. So uh, you can hear well, me I didn't know that. Wow. I am. I did. I thought I told you. Uh, that's why I had to go to the DCTF offices today was to pick up an extra headset. So, Who's on the play? I forgot the name they told me. <laughs> wow. No, I mean, I mean pick, Pickle told me a name, and I just I, I just forgot what she told me. So I, It's all good. There was this one time I was on a broadcast. I was doing color. I don't even remember where or when it was, but the guy never asked me my name before the broadcast, and he just introduced me as Nick. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that'll be you on, on Friday night. Yeah, should be should be a lot of fun. Um, all right, let's jump right into picks, and then we will end the show. Okay, so here we go. Uh, five games, same rules, four big school, one small school, all by district rounds. Uh, starting things off, 7 p.m. Thursday night at Waco's Waco ISD Stadium. Fantastic facility, if I might add. The Colleen Harker Heights Knights, who are 9-1, and one, We'll take on the DeSoto Eagles, who are 8-2 and two entering this game. Uh, I think this is one of the better first-round games in the state this weekend. Uh, Big-time game in 6AD1, Region 2. Um, you get a clean Harker Heights team that is having their best. Uh, you're actually in school history, which I think is about 15 or 16 years. It's, it's a relatively new school. Um and then you get a DeSoto team who's a little bit down right now, uh, just considering everything that's going on around the program. And then they're just not as strong as they've been. So um, I think this is formulating to be a really fun game. Um, I think it's a pick em type game. I'll let y'all take over. Okay. Um, this is one of those games where everybody seems to be leaning one way. And uh, – Everybody like Harker Heights might be the the I, I don't know would even be an upset. They're the trendiest pick in the state. That feels like a rat to me every time, and uh, it's just in my nature to kind of go the other way. I couldn't come on here and wear this shirt and pick against the Eagles. Um, this is a team that you know they've been there before. They've won in the postseason. Um, I have intel that their stars that did not play last week will play this week. Um, and so, with that in mind, I am taking DeSoto to beat Harker Heights. Yeah, I've been eyeballing this matchup for about three or four weeks. It's been a heavy topic in the group chats uh, last month or so. Um, I'm taking Harker Heights. Rashawn Sanford has been incredible at the running back position for the Knights. Um, Jadon Chapman, the new offensive line offer in the 2023 class for, for uh, Texas has been really good as well. I think what could trip up Parker Heights is their defense. Um, they're going to have to stay stiff and uh, you know, cover, cover these athletic guys that DeSoto has. But I just really wasn't too impressed with DeSoto last week against Waxahachie, even though they were missing a couple of their stars. They, it kind of showed me that you know this team's not really that deep, and I think Harker Heights does have a little bit more to – uh, to have and a little bit more to prove in this game as well. They got absolutely destroyed by Duncanville in this game last year. So I think they're going to come back and win this by district matchup. So Mike just dropping bombs there that I did not expect. Um, and man, it really makes me think about changing my pick here, but I think I'm going to go with Harker Heights. Who would I to be as a co-president of the Rashawn Sanford, the second fan club, if I was to go against my man. So 
Uh, he's become one of my more uh, fun and exciting players to watch this year. Stumbled upon him while flying up to Fayetteville um, back in September, just going through huddle stuff. So I'm in the role with the Knights. It's a renaissance year for those guys down there. Mike was some good intel there, but I'm just going to go with my heart. And I'm probably wrong for that, but that's okay. So uh, give me the Knights. Uh, moving on to game number two, 7 p.m. Friday night at Springs Planet Ford Stadium. Uh, the Spring Decaney Wildcats, who are 5-5, five and five, Wildcats with a C, I might add, will be taking on the Willis Wildcats, Wildcats with a K, uh, who are 5-5 five and five themselves. Um, you may look at the two records and think there's not much here, but there is some talent on the field for both teams, and it's a pretty big game in 6AD2 Region 2. Uh, like the previous one, I think this is a pretty much a straight-up pick'em game as well. I'll let you boys take over. Yeah, so I look at this, and this what it comes down to is I think Willis is a more of a one-man show with Derek Lagway, um, who I think is, is awesome. But I think DeCaney probably has a bit more overall talent. And I really, you know, Nick is Nick is basically a de facto member of the DeCaney coaching staff now. Um, and so I would be shocked <laughs> If he pitches, if he picks against his homies there, but I, I love Jaden Robertson. I think he is a dynamic, like difference maker. Even though he may not be a high level, like recruit, I think he is a guy that is a high level difference maker in high school. Um, and so I think I'm going to lean on the fact that I think DeCaney's got a little more overall talent. Uh, I may be living off last year's reputation, but I, I just remember sitting in the box at AT&T and watching DeCaney push that Bridgeland team to the max. So uh, I'll take DeCaney. Yeah, this is a rematch of last year's bi-district matchup as well. Um, and, and that game, DeCaney blew out Willis. Um, however, Lagway comes back with a little bit more experience. Um, you know, I was able to see both of these teams this year, um, each each of them once, each of them on a Thursday night, actually. Um, I, uh, I'm going to take Decaney here. Um, from what I've heard, Willis is going to be at, uh, missing their top two wide receivers. So um, I think that just further proves that uh, the Wildcats with a C are going to win this game, the Crip Wildcats. Easy, Nick. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um so, yeah, I'm in the role with Decaney here. Um, I think they've got more talent top to bottom. And typically that is something that that program has. They're not um, allergic to that. They usually have a couple guys. Uh, and, and they've been the more successful program, to my knowledge, in recent past. Um, I would like to see Willis at some point just because of Lagway. Did he play in this game last year, Nick? Um, I'm not sure. I can okay. tell you that. Well, that, that's irrelevant, but I, I'm going to go with DeCaney here. I think it is a fun game for two five and five teams on the first round. For sure. Um, moving on to game number three, 7 p.m. Friday night at Port Arthur's Memorial Stadium. Got the Port Arthur Memorial Titans, who are eight and two, hosting the Portman Hightower Hurricanes, who are eight and two themselves. So, uh, you know, pretty much uh, out of all our games here, this might be the most pick em quality out of all of them. Uh, big game in 5AD1 Region 3. Two teams have kind of sat at the top of Region 3 um, more often than not in the last couple of years. And now they get to actually meet each other there in Port Arthur. Um, I'll let y'all take this one away. I picked Port Arthur last year to make a run, and they got upset early. I had a first round, I think, last year. Um, that said, I still love their overall team talent. 
Um, I love their coaching staff. I think they've got the right guys to do it. And I forgot to mention them in our preview, but they're a sneaky team in that region if they beat Hightower. They've got a somewhat open run uh, for the next couple of rounds. I will take the Titans uh, in this one. Give me Port Arthur Memorial. Yeah, I'm also going to take Port Arthur Memorial. I'm not going to sleep on Hightower by any means. You know, I think these are two uh, really battle-tested, solid Houston area uh, or Southeast Texas um, uh, Region 3 teams here. Uh, but I'm going to take the Titans as well. Um, they've, they've proved to uh, be a little bit better against stiffer competition, and I think they're they're going to be ready for this one, especially at home. That's a tough place to play uh, and come down to the Golden Triangle and, and play there. Um, so I'm going to take four of the Memorial. Yeah, I mean, I, I think these two teams are, are, are pretty good this year. I don't know if they're as good as their 8-2 and two record shows. Um, I, I don't know. Both those districts, uh, I, I guess that would be – nine and then 10, I believe something like that. I don't know. They're, they're fine. Um, these two teams end up rising to the top and I'm, I'm not sure they're the strongest that will come out of this region in the end. Um, I, I do feel like Memorial's a little bit more of the grittier team and might punch Hightower in the mouth here. Maybe that's unfair. That's just my feeling based off of past years and kind of what I know about the talent that are on these two teams now. Um, so I'm going to roll with the Titans here by the narrowest of margins. I think it'll be a fun game in the end. Um, Moving on to our next one. This is our times two game, so double down if you want. Uh, 7 p.m. Friday night at Frisco's Ford Center at the Star. Got the Frisco Raccoons, who are 9-1, hosting the Roy City Bulldogs, who are 8-2. Another really fun game in the first round. And, you know, maybe some potential sneaky upsets here as well. Um, big game in 5A D2 Region 2, uh, a bloodbath that we spoke about earlier. I'll let y'all take over. Oh, man. Do I want to double on this game or not? I, I wasn't for sure, but, you know, I'm the one that has been saying for weeks this Frisco team is built for the postseason. I, I love the way they run the ball. Uh, they play defense really well. They have had some injuries that concern me a little bit, especially with their their running back. Um, I haven't checked to see if he's fully recovered from those yet. I'm going to lean Frisco. Um, I'm going to go Frisco. I, I don't. I don't think I'm going to. I don't think I'm going to double. I think I'm just going to go Frisco for the single play. Great. That gives me another win. I'm just going to go ahead and take Frisco and double it down. Uh, Roy City's, they started the season off really good, 8-0, finished the season with uh, back-to-back losses. Their defense has been kind of suspect at times. Um, Briscoe, on the other hand, you know, looked really good outside of the the loss to Lovejoy. They also got pushed to overtime by Prosper Rock Hill. I found that kind of, uh, you know, concerning as well. But um, I think they're ready for for this type of game, especially uh, at home. Uh, Give me Briscoe. Let me say this. (laughs) Nobody – Nick always comes out so nobody, nobody is more confidently wrong. <laughs> and my man's out here throwing down Crip when he's wearing a red hat. I don't know. My yeah. man's just all sorts of backwards here, you know. At least he's yeah. confident, like, you know, he'll just stumble upon his way, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm not going to double down here. I have teetered back on fourth on this one all day. I do agree with Mike. I think – Old high there in Frisco is built for the playoffs. That style can be tough. 
Cole Hudson is going to open up some big holes and is going to just plow his way there. I'm going to roll with Frisco High here, and they're going to move on to the next round and what should be, I think, a fun game. I can't remember what the matchup is, but, yeah, I think this is a fun game on Friday night. Uh, but I will take Frisco, not doubling down, just uh, just one one win here, hopefully. Moving on to our small school game of the week. It's an elite mascot game, 7 p.m. Friday night at Mule Shoes Douglas Stadium. We've got the Abernathy Antelopes, who are 9-1, and one, uh, taking on the Friona Chieftains, elite mascot there, uh, who are 8-2. and two. Um, I think this is maybe one of your best games in 3AD2 in the opening round, um, and maybe what it might end up in, in the entire bracket when things are all set and done. Um, but, yeah, 3AD2 Region 1 here. I'll let you all take over. Okay. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know a ton about either of these teams. I did get to watch some Abernathy huddle this week when putting together our 23 list and seeing Anthony White there, who will be visiting Texas this weekend. Mentioned him a little earlier. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I don't really know how to go about picking this team. I, I just, it's just not an area of the state I'm familiar with. I'm going to roll with the team that um, the, the the higher seed, I'm going to roll with the team that as a guy that I know about, uh, I'll just be very transparent there. And uh, I like antelopes. It's a cool mascot. So I'll go with that. I, uh, I respect it. You know, very rarely in a, in a small school division, especially like 382, do you see two teams matching up against each other in a Biden district round who are both really battle tested? And both of these teams are. Um, I think Friona uh, has the tougher district. You know, that's arguably the toughest district in, in 382 right there. Uh, and that's why I'm going to go ahead and take the Chieftains of Friona. Um, they've also played in that Mule Shoe Stadium this year. So I think there's a little bit of an advantage there, too. Um, so give me, give me Friona here. Okay, and then clarifying something real quick. It's Frisco that could play South Oak Cliff next week, so that's an electric game, just to clarify on that. But moving back to this week, um, yeah, I've teetered on this game too. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Abernathy just because I know the actual talent there, and it's some pretty high-end uh, stuff. And I've been hearing just scuttle that they've actually got some other pretty good players too uh, for small school West Texas ball. With that said, I would not be surprised if Friona wins this game. They are extremely battle-tested coming out of the district they had with Spearman, Childress, um, and Canadian. They lost to Childress and Canadian, I believe, but they pushed them in both games. And I remember picking up on that the last couple of weeks of improving games. They fell short, but they were not far off. And then they rolled Spearman. I know I think it was before Brennan got healthy again. Uh, but I do think the Chieftains are pretty legit. I think this is a really fun game in 3AD2. All that said, give me the antelopes. And that will conclude this week's games. All right, so we'll check back next week and see what the standings are and see how, uh, how right Nick was. All right, guys, uh, anything else to add before we hop off of here? I know it was a longer show, but we wanted to do a little bit of high school previews for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just excited to get going in the playoffs. Um, it's the, one of the best times of the year from from now and through the end of uh, the year. Because as soon as the high school season wraps up, we get um, you know the holidays, New Year's, and then uh, All American Bowls for about another two or three weeks too. So it's just a really good time of the year. This is the official beginning of it. Yeah, it's the most wonderful time. on the road. It is. Uh, looking forward to getting on the road this week uh, with Mike. And it sounds like we might get some Pinkertons on Friday. I've never had Pinkertons before. 
Uh, not for not wanting to, just never had the opportunity. So uh, if Mike and I do pull that part off of the trip, um, I'm excited and looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a, a good time to get things rolling here. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening along, all of you who watch on YouTube. Tell your friends. Uh, it's a good time. Uh, thank you to Taylor Estes, who produces this behind the scenes and makes uh, everything work. Uh, for Nick Harris and Guy Frazier, I'm Mike Roach, and we will see you guys next week. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.